The gRPC team has just submitted a proposal to support HTTP 3 underneath the gRPC protocol. This is exciting. Let's discuss what does that mean for uh, all of you gRPC users. Let's just jump into it. Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on on the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. And gRPC, guys, it is described as this ultimate universal RPC or remote procedural call protocol or really the a way for a communication between two peers um so many protocols have came before grpc grpc kinda people might disagree with that but kind of put the nail on the coffin for to communication between two parties two computers a standardized way of communication right and i talked about why grpc was kind of the winner and uh, and uh, why you would pick a gRPC over any other protocols? It's it's really mainly because of the use of the protocol buffers, which makes the kind of the communication uh, kind of standardized and the support of languages. Right? You see, uh, the more the most critical and really painful. Uh, thing for a developer to maintain is a client library to communicate between two parties right that was like the ugliest thing because if you picked a protocol x to communicate in x you need to understand how to talk x right whether x is tcp http http2 uh, udp so pressed doesn't matter right you need to understand how to talk that language and in order to understand that, you need this language translator, right? That talks in that protocol. So 
Thus, you can bake this into your application or create an application library, client library that knows how to, to how to talk gRPC or how to talk TCP or how to talk HTTP or HTTP or, or whatever. And that and people use use just to import these libraries and then call in uh, into these libraries. Right? That was painful because anytime you want to upgrade, you need to find a library that is supported, right? That is maintained that people upgrade with it, or you need to fix it yourself, which people don't have time for. I'm I'm already busy maintaining my own application. Why would I start? Why do I need to? Uh, start managing the HTTP library for .NET 3.0, right, <laughs> or whatever, right? So you you find yourself always upgrading and 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 uh, finding a compatible library, and that was a challenge. Sometimes you have you, things break when you want to move. Uh, so so it was a sticky thing. GRPC changed that, and I talked about it in my GRPC video. Uh, go watch that video if you want. It's a lengthy video detailing all of that stuff with examples and stuff like that. So GRPC, once you pick GRPC, you're set, right? You will build the you will build your proto file. This is your schema that you need to talk through. And then you would basically uh, pick the language and uh, it will literally stub out what the functions that you need to call in and it will take care of how to talk in grpc language right and then uh, you get all the feature for free like the bi-directional streaming the unidirectional streaming and then uh, multiplexing all this beautiful stuff right so we know that why people pick grpc i know a lot of people especially spotify for example they wrote their own protocol that before grpc days right that is arguably even better than grpc but and it was it was working perfectly for them there was no problems with their protocol i, I think it's called hermes right and uh, they ditched it why because no one no one else know what Hermes was. <laughs> it's hard to uh, learn or teach people about Hermes because it's not a public thing. I don't believe it's open source. Maybe it was, but it's not popular. If it's something is not popular, nobody knows about it. So you need to train people about this new thing that you only knows about know about. That's why they ditched it for gRPC, right? tells you why popularity is an important thing right in, in programming and software engineering sometimes you adopt something just because it's popular and because it's widely used because it's cheaper so grpc is built on top of http2 why is that because it had the idea of streams like this individual streams in a given connection so you'd open a connection and then in a given connection, you can pick a stream and, and you can stream content on that stream while you can send a request response on another stream while you can, on the third stream, you can do a bidirectional uh, uh, communication while the third, fourth one, you can do a server sent event kind of a situation where the server only sends you logs, right? You can you can do all of that stuff in, in HTTP2, right? So, GRPC team built 
all of this low-level control on top of HTTP2, right? I, I talked about HTTP2 guys, if you want to learn about more about them. Uh, that that is uh, as opposed of opening a tcp connection opening a connection for every single thing that you want to do right uh, which is expensive we know how expensive opening tcp connections are grpc was built on top of http 2 it's working perfectly people love it you don't even know or need you don't even need to understand that http 2 is under the hood because that's another property of grpc it's hiding the implementation for you it's just hiding the stuff for you. You don't really care if it's using HTTP2 or not. You ask gRPC, hey, I want a channel that is a bidirectional to the server and we'll open one. And if you want another channel, it will open another. I don't know what it's called. I forgot. It's been a long time since I built the gRPC content. But you, you basically built multiple channels or streams on top of one connection. And that's that's the multiplexing, multiplexing concept is what's powerful here. It's the flexibility. Like you, you, you almost have everything you need in one protocol. And who can say no to that? So, GRPC is using HTTP2 for this reason. For the longest time, I've been following an issue, right, in GitHub. Someone asking, it's like, okay, guys, when are you going to support HTTP3? And you might say, I'm saying, who cares? HTTP2 is working. Why would you need to support HTTP2? And that, why do we need to support HTTP3? And that is the question gRPC team asking themselves. Is it really, uh, do we really need to move gRPC? And they were, they were really, seems like they didn't comment at all about this. They let the community talk about themselves, like, oh, whether we need gRPC or not, uh, on top of HTTP3, do we, what is the value here? Are people really having problems with HTTP2 and stuff like that? And, uh, I'm going to summarize, this is a show anyway, right? This is a lengthy show. So I talk about one topic in a length manner. So that's why this is not a one minute or two minute show, right? So I always like to do the, to do these shows because I have the freedom to talk about a topic as, as lengthy and go to tangents as long as they are relevant as far as I want, uh, want and as, as long as I want. And, and that flexibility, I really enjoy this. All right, so let's talk about what is wrong with HTTP2 to begin with, right? I kind of made a video about HTTP2 just detailing this, but it doesn't hurt to repeat, right? Uh, we have an, uh, we have an item in Arabic. It's called التكرار يعلم الشطار. But it means that if you repeat something, it sticks. That's what it means in a nutshell. But HTTP2, guys, uh, is built in itself on top of the TCP protocol, just like HTTP1. And the reason it was built is because of the, the idea that a client is making a flux of requests to the same server. One client's making a lot of requests to the same server. And these requests are stateless and usually they are not dependent on each other. So it is fine to send them in parallel and it is fine to the server to execute one after another or execute them not in order particularly. So, and this is the nature of the web, if you, if you notice. You 
visit National Geographic, you're flooded by a lot of resources that you have to download. What do you do? You have to turn around and request all this stuff. It doesn't matter if the image comes before that. Well, the uh, some some front end uh, engineer will say no. I was saying it does. I really want uh, my layout to be perfect and i don't want like the image to sh come before the css so that this the, the page starts shuffling you know changing on you some people don't like that but it doesn't really matter you can't control this in the client side i believe but it doesn't matter what you download these things once you have everything you want to receive these resources as fast as possible so you can make these decisions you can't do that with tcp why because well tcp is a single channel right single path and if you send your first request right in this tcp you can follow it with multiple requests and a request here is really if you think about it it's a bunch of strings http strings that will be packaged into tcp segments so one request will equal i don't know 10 tcp segments right so they will be just flood one after the other right and the server will receive them, and they have the server has to just like parse, 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 parse until it. Oh, this is a one request. Stop. Da, 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 da. Oh, this is a second request. Stop. Oh, da, da, da. oh, there is one TCP segment lost. Let me wait. Uh, what? What? It, it has to do this work, and they received an order. But the problem is, the server is for for long history reason that I don't want to go about has to also execute them in order right it cannot it cannot just ex start to, it receives all the three requests but it cannot say oh request one i receive request one two three in order i'm gonna execute request three and two and one right it will it might execute the three of them at the same time asynchronously right on the back end but it has to respond in the same order that it receives them this is just this is the way it has to, because otherwise proxies and middle boxes, the middle will, will say, okay, you respond with request two, but how do I know that response two is actually belong to request two? I have, there is no knowledge, no links between those requests and response, right? In the HTTP standard. So you, you would end up with, with, uh, with an D order effectively, right? And that that that's that's a problem. So the, you end up with this uh, head of line blocking. So request one will be sent two and three, and the server will have to execute response one, response two, and response three, and execute and and send them in this order exactly. Even in re if response three takes less time, even if response three finishes first, it has to wait for response one and two to finish so this is called head of line blocking and this is a problem in http1 which right uh, http2 solved quote unquote solved and says uh really we don't really care because request three has nothing to do with request one so i want the ability to send request three's response even if request one didn't finish i don't want this blocking thing i don't want to be blocked so hdb2 had the idea of actually structuring requests in in, a, in an actual header forms like it down the wire header form so the hdb2 is actually a breaking change when you, when you look at the content right from the 
client's perspective, it doesn't, nothing changed. It's a completely non-breakable change. But when you look at the TCP, what is the content sent is a completely different thing. So now we start tagging with stream ID. So if I send a request one, I'm going to tag it with a stream ID, right? Or think of it as like a channel. I like the name channel better than that. So request one will be tagged with channel one. Request two will be tagged with channel two. And request three will be tagged with channel three or stream three. So now if 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 these three segments or, or if, if these three requests are arriving, they are arrived and they are tagged properly. So if the server receives request three and two and one, and finish request three first, it can just respond because it will be tagged properly with stream three or channel three, right? So this, the client will know, oh yeah, I sent that, but it's actually response three. Okay, I know. The client knows this. And the beauty of this, all of these are in a single TCP connection. We don't have to open multiple TCP connection to achieve this parallelism if you will, right? That's what HTTP1 did because it didn't have a choice. It, it used to open six TCP connections. That's the default in, in browsers. They open six TCP connection in HTTP1 and then flood everyone. So that's how unique they uniquely tag a request, right? One request per connection at a given time, right? So yeah, HTTP2 was awesome. People loved it, all right? The streaming and... and Obviously, they went through a lot of repetition, a lot of revisions until it was kind of polished and finalized. So it was good. What's wrong with it? Ironically, the head of line blocking while was solved at the logical level from a request response perspective. I can still, response number three can still be sent even if re response number one was not completed. All of this is sent on a single TCP connection. So that means if request number one, request number two, request number three are being sent, even tagged with these streams, at the end of the day, it is nothing but TCP segments at layer four. When you look at the lens and layer four, it's just a bunch of TCP segments. Well, might as well encrypted, sure, but they are just a segment. They are sequence. They have a sequence number and they better, that, that, that sequence number, they better reach an order. Why? I was saying, you just said, no, order doesn't matter. Well, I said order doesn't matter on the application side, but I didn't say anything about the uh, TCP. TCP still say, hey, you're sending packets one through, let's say one through nine. Let's say every request has three segments for simple, for simplicity, right? So packet one, two, three belong to request number one. Packet four, five, six belong to request number two. Packet, uh, what do you say? Four, five, six. Packet seven, eight, nine belong to request number three, right? So they are stringed one to nine. These are the serial representation of the sequences in the TCP stack. All right, let's take this scenario. Let's say the client sends all the packets, right? From one to nine, right? And the server receives all the segments, right? One to nine, but number four was missing. It didn't, it didn't arrive. Well, it went to a path and it took too long. What would the server do? Well, the server says, well, segment number four is missing, but one, two, three is there. So that's request number one. And request number three is actually seven, eight, nine. So that also, I got that. Will the server do that? No. 
remember the server is just TCP at the end of the day. These segments to the to the server, this is an incomplete uh, packets. This is an incomplete transmission. They will say, wait a second, the whole thing is blocked. The whole thing is blocked. I'm not going to send anything to the application. The application being the actual server listening to port 443, right? It says, no, not going to do any of that stuff. HTTP 2 or not, it doesn't care. It cares about the TCP transmission, right? So packet number four is missing. I'm going to ask for a retransmission. And I'm going to sit here and wait. <laughs> and then, let's say it got lost again. Right? Here you have, send it and wait. And if more packets are lost for for congestion reasons or any any reason really, the, the IP packets underneath TCP segments are taking different routes for because they have a mind of their own and they decide to arrive out of order or, or so you will have to wait this blocking time is called head of line blocking but it's called a tcp head of line blocking in this case so we solved the hidden flow blocking at one end right but we still have another tcp head of line blocking because now these streams are just they, the TCP has no idea of what a stream is or what a channel is. To them, to the TCP stack, this is just a bunch of segments that it needs to arrive in order. It kills you as a developer, as an engineer that sees that, oh, but one, two, three is there. Please process one, two, three. One, two, three is actually request one. Nah. And that's one big limitation in HTTP2. Um, hey, Hussein from editing. As I was listening to that, I might think that uh, request one will be actually delivered to the application because segment one, two, three has actually arrived in order. What will not be delivered actually uh, request two and request three, they will definitely be blocked, right? Because well, request two is missing a packet and request three, well, you cannot deliver that because there is missing packet. So the TCB's uh, uh, transmission is thinking, well, uh, it's trying to be smart. It's, well, there's a missing packet. I can't just send that. All right, so just, just a clarification here. Back to the video or show. All right. Now, I got to be honest with you. I don't know to what extent this is actually a problem. Maybe people who actually built real-time applications on top of gRPC using HTTP2. They feel that, especially I mean, in a LAN communication, who cares, right? In, if you're in a LAN, what packets or uh, what segments are being lost, right? And almost none. In a cloud, maybe multi-region, I understand. If you're sending between China and, I don't know, California, some data, well, yeah, some segment will arrive out of order. But to me, I didn't see, a, I don't know what, to what extent this is a problem for the grpc team to, to take action does that make sense especially that grpc is used in a high network bandwidth environment so i don't think this is a problem right but that eventually the main problem is http 2 is built on top of uh, 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 the, essentially the grpc being built on top of http 2 the main problem is the out of line order but this is not even a problem they mention in their proposal uh, grpc3 they just like we don't really care about this but I, I thought I mentioned that. This is a problem. So if you decide to go GRPC, 
And uh, I know a lot of you uh, in my comment section mentioned that they have, are using gRPC. Uh, take a look at where are your clients and server. Are they tightly tucked in together? Or are they far apart and they have the internet uh, in the middle? So that's a that's one thing we need to uh, kind of understand. So the second thing that HTTP2 problem has, well, here's the thing. It's not really a problem. It's, it is... It is a feature that HTTP3 makes it look better. You know, you know the feeling where you're really satisfied with what you, what you, what you, with what you have, but when something shiny comes in, it says, "Oh, I want that because it's better than I just didn't realize that there is something better than what I have." Do you know how they're feeling? I don't know, like like you're you're happy with your computer, right? And it's fast, but you got something really faster than your computer. It's like, wait a second, now I realize my computer is actually slow. You, you know how I have feeling? That, that's exactly how I describe this feature, the next feature that I'm talking about, HTTP2. HTTP2 is built on top, on top of TCP, right? And because it's built on top of TCP, right, there is and uh, it is an HTTP protocol. So by default, it was listening on port 80, right? That's the default HTTP communication. But guess what? When, when people actually started doing this this thing, right? Listening on HTTP2, uh, HTTP2 port 80 unencrypted. When people that did that, the whole protocol started crippling. When when they actually hosted on the internet, you might say, why? I say, it's, it's, it's HTTP. Yeah, we changed we didn't change anything about the clients, just HTTP. Well, we didn't change that, but the we did. Remember, HTTP two is a breaking change from the HTTP protocol. A breaking change when it comes to the under the in wire transmission. Right? I have to I have to always say that because otherwise people get mad, right? Yeah, it's not a breaking change when you would API your fetch API your Axios. A lot of people love Axios for some reason, right? Your Axios didn't change. Your your HTTP request didn't change. Still, you're sending get post this thing, these verbs. But the un, the in wire is completely different. So middle boxes and that the routes IP packets for some reason, especially your NAT ones, ISP stuff like that. What those middle boxes do is actually parse the packets and says, oh, this is port eighty. That means it must be HTTP. That means Here's how HTTP should look like. Beats me. Why are they validating IP packets? Beats me. But some middle boxes do. And when they find out that, oh, port 80 is is not real. This doesn't look like HTTP that I know when I was built in 1881. No, I was built in 1881. 1981. Whatever that router was built in HTTP, right? Wait a second. Isn't HTTP released in the 90s. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. But you, you get my idea, right? So HTTP was really, this is how it looks like. So it was built to be verifying and validating packets of HTTP that looks like this. So when HTTP2 was sent in the wire, uh, the router freaked out and dropped the packets. <laughs> so that's why HTTP2 on unencrypted didn't work. It just didn't work. It stopped working. So people had to... That's why HTTP2 must be encrypted, if you notice. 
you have to host your server and serve TLS and just do a certificate and people hate when to do all that stuff because they have to learn things that they they weren't supposed to learn which is actually a good thing you need to know TLS if you are a back engineer if you don't know TLS you should you should know TLS. You should understand the cost of TLS, the cost of the ciphers, the cost of the uh, signature algorithm, every single thing you need to understand how you're dealing with this stuff. So this is TLS. I talked about TLS. I'm not going to go through, but TLS encrypts the stuff, right? Which means there is additional work to establish a connection that we didn't have to. So there's the CCP, which is three-way handshake. Boop, 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 right? Since an ack, ack. Then on top of that, you still have to do the client hello, right? Which is the TLS. If you're 1.2, God knows, God hopes that you don't use TLS 1.1 or 1.0 because these are obsolete. And check your server. TLS 1.2 is actually four requests, two round trips, right? So it's, there's a TLS hello, there's a client hello, and then server hello. And then they change cyber suite and then change cyber suite, right? So there's two round trip. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven things until I can send data. Several transmission. Seven transmission. And any any segment that is lost, you gotta retransmit, you gotta wait more. And if Nigel algorithm is enabled, you know, the 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 the, the 40 minute delay delay thingy right the where 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 uh where the tcp client actually waits for more data to 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 arrive from the client to actually send data that's even adds more uh, more more delay right the, that's why curl disabled nigel algorithm so you know tcp no delay 2016 curl said uh, the author uh, daniel stumberg said you know what this tcp no delay is stupid we don't care we're not using telnet anymore right we're, we're we want i if i send you something you better send don't wait don't wait for this window size thingy to grow no just i sell i tell you send send just like the disk i tell you to flush flush right f sync right just I saw databases and operating systems like, hey, operating systems try to be smart. And I tell you to write something to disk, write it. Uh, but operating systems, you know, try to be efficient and write to the cache. That's why when you write and you think you wrote, but you didn't, uh, durability can suffer as a result. Why am I talking about databases? Uh, again, guys, we're going all over the place. If you like this stuff, like and comment says, Hussein, I like this stuff. Or if you don't like it, say, Hussein, why are you going to talk about database when we're talking about gRPC HTTP3? Stop this nonsense, Hussein. Write in the comment section below. Silver play. Now, what we're talking about. Yeah. TLS, a lot, a lot, a lot of delays in TCP with HTTP2. HTTP2 is suffering because it was built on the on top of TCP. So there is a, this additional delays, stuff like that. So quick and HTTP3 came back to the action. Actually, HTTP3 was about to be built, right? But the idea was mainly to solve the 
TCP head of line blocking this this streaming thing. I want the stream. I want if I receive segment one two three, and I want the client to the server to understand that this belongs to something that is completely irrelevant of the rest of the stuff. So treat it as one unit. Treat these three segments as one thing, right? Don't wait for other stuff. Just just these are in order. It's all right. Just go go your merry way. Okay. So quick was invented as a result. You might say, Hussein, why don't why didn't we they just build HTTP three on top of UDP, right? And and solve this question, right? So those why do we need quick? Well they they thought it's like, okay, I want to I love this idea of streams and HTTP two, but I don't want I don't care about HTTP as a protocol, as a text protocol. I don't care about these verbs. I love the idea of streams. Give me that without the overhead of HTTP right and and databases love this stuff no no database very few databases implement http because there's like an over headers who cares i don't care about headers http headers this is stuff that is i don't care about i want my protocol to be tight http2 was was pushed down on top of udp but they built it on as a layer 4 protocol so it's without the http concepts and there, this is where Quick came into the picture. I'm going to make another video just talking about Quick. The idea is just to solve, to introduce streams on top of UDP. So let's use UDP, which is, there is no guarantee. There is no conjunction. There is nothing. There is no retransmission. Packets are sent as packets, right? Let's build our stuff on top of that. Let's build our con streams on top of UDP. So if UDP packets 1, 2, 3 arrive... I know that this belongs to a stream. So I'm going to isolate these things. So Quick was born on top of UDP effectively. But is it has the features of retransmission. If something is, 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 uh, is bad, then it will be retransmitted. But only retransmitted if it belongs to the same channel or stream. So now, if I sent packet 1, 2, 3 and this belongs to a stream right then and and packet 2 was missing then packet 2 will be resent right uh ask for for a retransmission but if packet 4 which belongs to stream 2 or channel 2 has nothing to do with it so i don't have to wait in that situation so udp basically was built and quick was built and all that stuff right and then when we built that well, all the work was done for us. Let's build HTTP 3 as a thin layer on top of Quick. But before we jump to HTTP 3, there's Quick also said, okay, so we do UDP. We're going to do the handshake. We still, because Quick is still a, is a connection system, is a, a connection based protocol. So we need this idea of a connection. We, need, we still need sequences and stuff like that. So if we're going to build that, then we need an establish a connection. So there is a sin or sin act concept. But guess what? I also, they decided that Quick should be encrypted by default. Smart choice. So now Quick is, is a connection system, right? Is a connection based, but is also encrypted. So now if I ask Quick to establish a Quick connection, I can ask that and in the same packet i ask to encrypt so you do tls 1.3 which is 
the just a single uh, just a single round trip. I talk, I didn't talk about that, but you probably know about that, right? TLS one point three is, is is just a single round trip instead of TLS one point two, which is two, right? So now quick establishes connection and TLS in a single connection. It's a single single round trip. And there is this something called zero RTT, which is a zero round trip in quick that allows you to send encrypted data in the same first handshake with the request to resume an existing session. And that is the most powerful thing. If you can, Cloudflare, I think, started supporting that and the their backend, right? So you can do zero beautiful RTT in a single quick connection so how fast this thing is baba that's my kid <laughs> sometimes he just goes into a and starts screaming out of nothing all right so htb3 was built on top of this beautiful already encrypted fast connection setup man who doesn't want to use that so grpc came into the picture and says all right let's propose using that for these reasons all right uh, uh so yeah http 3 is built on top of quick there is it's not a thin layer you might say all the work has been done in, in quick why do we need http 3 HTTP should be really just a call in into this existing functionality but now there is the compression layer uh which is called i think qpack that's completely different so they have to rewrote the whole thing into a new new protocol so that that kind of changed that makes http3 a little bit more complex it's not as it's not as easy as just let's let quick do all the work unfortunately right so quick was also built with the idea of uh tagging the connection id in the in every in every request so now you know that there is a connection concept with each packet it's almost like stateless but not really stateless it's just very interesting because every packet has the knowledge about a connection id so get this if you are on your wi-fi and you transmit to a 4g that's absolutely fine your ip addresses change so the udp packet will have a different ip address but the content will have a connection id that the server can use to resume the existing connection that he he, he, I don't know why server is he, they, <laughs> has dropped. So if the connection is dropped, it will be resumed very nicely and smoothly. This is called connection migration or connection transition, right? So this is a really a huge sell. So gRPC implementing HTTP3 will get all these beautiful features for free. So there is a still work. The proposal is still going. Uh, I'm going to have a link below uh in the show notes you can click on that and and visit uh let me, let me know guys what do you think i think this is a good change and grpc uh might say if I, if I one final thought before i before i end the show is saying you always talk about new shiny things and a lot of people talk about new shiny thing as they're the ultimate things are there problems with db3 obviously nobody can say and what's our brother problem with gb3 unless we start using it and, and we barely start using it facebook i moved facebook moved to quick completely on their back end right i guess a year ago or so 
Now, all their backing is quick, but we don't know. There might be problems that they will. Every solution will have its own problem. This is just the nature of human being. Give me a give me a something that a human being built that didn't doesn't have a problem, doesn't exist, right? Anything that we build ha- inherits problems. And HTTP three is um, and HTTP two for that matter. And HTTP three is no less. So one problem that we are we are aware of, which is HTTP three and quick, is uh, the CPU usage. I say, I say, what? Why? Why? Why would Quick take more CPU than uh, than TCP, or or for that matter, just HTTP, right? Well, remember, guys, the thing I told you about streams and and parsing the packets and wait, checking if these packets are in order and and checking. Oh, these are three packets belong to stream one. These three packets belong to stream two. This is not free. This, these are things that we never had to do with db 1.1. In db 1.1, the content in the TCP is the content. What you get is what you see. Is that, is that the saying? What you see is what you get? Something like that, right? What you see is what you get. That is it. There is zero additional processing. Uh, minus the frames and, and, and the OSI model. You know, just the OSI takes the frames and the packets and the TCP. And that, that's it. But you don't do additional processing at the content of the TCP segments. You just assemble them and then you go many way. But now, with HTTP2 and Quick, we're doing additional work that we didn't have to do. I did this what I want you to think about, guys. Nothing is free in this world. If someone asks you to do something, there is always uh, an intrinsic... Uh, you know purpose behind it there's always something there's always something guys there's always something so http 3 is a cpu hungry right and and uh with grpc god knows what grpc is building on top of that so grpc in general it's already cpu hungry i know of that because just about the work it's doing right it's it's, it's not just doing http it's using http as a down but http is doing its own work but grpc is doing more work on top of http so it gotta be cpu consumption i didn't see it, but i know it is it's just logical you see you see smoke there is fire okay so with http3 I have no idea if it will be more or less. Well, it depends, right? It depends on how quick are, are being implemented and, and the quick implementation and, and it's being improved every single day. Uh, sometimes I attend the live streams of the quick uh, RFC committees and uh, just to watch them, what do they do? They, they they show us like every month, oh, last month we were using, I don't know, 80% of the CPU. Now we're down to 60%. Or now we're down to, I don't know, same same workload we're down the cpu usage so it's going better and better um but yeah i think it's in general it's going to become better and better as we as our machines become more powerful right but it always comes to me i always think about this you know my machine my macbook right is uh, from 2015 it's a 16 gigabyte ram uh quad core each core is a single processor quad core 
each core is 2.4 gigahertz so you might i don't know if you're a hardware guy you might say oh, this is bad oh, old boo but to me that's that's powerful stuff right there but guess what obs is struggling now i had to add like 300 millisecond delay to sync the audio uh, browser brave is dying it's like what is going on in this world how much power do you need and that's the slippery slope if you crave power you just crave more power and that's what's happening it's like why do iphones and all these mobile devices need need i don't three gigabyte of ram two gigabyte of ram to do these simple things but apparently these simple things are getting improved sometimes you have to ask yourself is this improvement worth it or not it's always a cost right i uh, you want to solve the tcp header problem right uh, head of law of line blocking so you need to process you need to add the idea of streams htb2 htb3 that if you want that then you need more cpu to run that so you might say okay i'm, I'm really happy with htb11 on top of tcp and that's what i, I think will happen eventually we're gonna go into this rabbit hole of us improving 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 trying to improve something that we don't really need to improve at the end of the day and we'll end up back to just normal simple things right remember when i started this show what did i say http in natural the nature of http was a client sending a lot of requests to the same server that was the use case right and we improved on that use case so if you don't have that problem if you're sending one request to your server every i don't know a few minutes then you don't need any of this crap to be honest that's what i want you to think i want you to go back to the basic and the fundamentals and think there start there and just build it up right you might need any of that stuff and as a result you're going to consume less memory you might be uh uh you know what's the word you might be just completely out of the left field and say you know what i'm not i don't need any of that stuff i'm gonna build my own protocol on top of udp that's what gamers do gamers just like build their own protocol on top of udp it's like i don't need it it's like yeah it's custom who cares nobody's gonna interface with my game right i don't need nice api hey is this udp i'm just gonna send the packet if it arrives it arrives if it didn't sure i'm gonna uh solve the problem on the server side and uh, i'm gonna deal with this delay right or gonna retransmit in certain situation even the idea of feature of retransmission sometimes you don't need it that's why video always try to go through the udp path right video it's very hard to go video through the tcb because like yeah if a if a frame is missing from a video sure right who cares right it's like one glitch but text and the other one sometimes you have you need the transmission that's why i want you just to have this framework of understanding look into your use case and see why am i doing this why am i in hdb3 why i need the grpc why do i need all that stuff 
you might you you might have an answer you might your answer might be oh because it's hype if that that's your answer then probably you have to rethink all what you're doing i'm gonna end it here i think i've been babbling a lot but yeah thank you so much guys for checking out this content and uh, make sure to check out the other content in this channel i have over 600 videos by the way some someone commented like oh hussein i love your co content but you don't have enough videos it's like what 600 videos is not enough i mean i, I talk a lot i mean okay maybe youtube is not recommending my content enough but anyway check out the content uh check out the show it's the same thing is available on uh, spotify podcast apple podcast all that jazz um, go to hosseinnasa.com slash podcast to get to get the show if you prefer to listen instead of watching on youtube but um love you so much if you reached until the end write a comment it's like hey i i reached the end because this this way i know it's like some some of you are dedicated watching 30 minutes i don't even know how long this video is but yeah appreciate you guys love you so much i'm gonna see you on the next one you guys stay awesome all this arigatou gozaimasu good dubai